0: coming up on verse chorus verse one band has been consistently gushed over in the small lifespan of this pod thus far evil and i are going to talk about him next oh yeah Welcome to episode 112 of Verse, Chorus, Verse. I am DL. With me is Evil, Alpha, Hal, Jimmy, Evil. Do you consider yourself an alpha male? I, uh, God. Or a beta cuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an alpha cook. I think most of them are. (laughs) I've never liked hierarchies, hierarchical anythings. Well, you must not like this band then, because man, they're talking about alphas. And omegas. And omegas. No betas, though. (laughs) Poor poor betas. betas. This is the first episode of season three that Evil and I are doing. This is the first album exchange of the year. Kind of. Yeah. We we cheated. We totally cheated. We cheated in like multiple ways. (laughs) We've... Talked about both albums already that we're going to talk about. But not in the way we're going to tonight. How's life been lately? A little hectic? Life's been a little frenetic, but it's good. (laughs) It's a little high stress
1: at the moment, but you know, everything's good. I'm a joy to everyone around me. (laughs) You know this. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had time to
0: watch any of the YouTubes?
1: Yes, I have. I do watch the YouTubes. They're. Short and concise, and I like them.
0: They're to the point. Yeah, to the point. Like and subscribe. What I have found over the last two and a half years, or however long we've been doing this, is that these same bands do tend to get brought up frequently once. Yeah, yeah. Particularly the ones where more than one or more than two people fall in love with the albums. Right. You, Sven, and I have taken a big shine to this band. Mm -hmm. Something very unfair in the calendar of times of this podcast happened. You introduce me. Moontooth. Moontooth. Yep. I start a podcast. You are not part of that podcast yet. I talk about a band that you introduced me to and an album that you introduced me to before your on said podcast. You don't get to talk about it. This is unfair. We are correcting that tonight.
1: Yeah. How long before the podcast started did we start talking about these guys?
0: It wasn't very long. It couldn't have been because the album came out in 2019. Yeah. Maybe a year. Yeah, a year or less.
1: I did not re-listen to the episode that Sven and you did I didn't want to
0: have our conversation colored by that at all? I didn't either. Yeah. I'm intrigued to go back and see if my yep. top three are gonna be the same and that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think they are. Mm. I think they're gonna be different. Yeah, I was surprised too with both albums. I was surprised.
1: We're gonna do reverse order. I had spent a fair amount of time with Crux before the podcast even started. I'd kind of fallen in love with the band and mm-hmm. and the guitar playing and just how wild and crazy they are. Phototroph Here's one of the quirks of the podcast is when I find music that I really like, I don't listen to it the same as I used to because I don't have time to. Yep. Phototruff was an album that I really, really dug. We did it on a quick fire and then it just got put on the shelf. That's yeah. one of the albums I like, but I wasn't really listening to it. Having the opportunity to actually really dig into it and listen to it over and over and over again changed a lot of things about that album for me.
0: For sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. The band automatically held a special place in my heart. I already liked them. They were the first or second band that ever actually gave us an okay to play their music. Oh, that's right. I was
1: so yeah. stoked when you let me know that you're going to be able to actually play their music this
0: was the first time that it was the actual band that was like thank you play her shit of course but i d- evil this band is so fucking good i know i <laughs> this isn't just because they gave us permission to play their songs and they're kind of like one of the first indie bands that we they're not even in like they're half indie everybody should be talking about this band yes i 100
1: agree There are a handful of bands that are like my darlings, you know, and Mm -hmm. this is one of them. This is a band that I feel like I need to be a champion for and use the podcast as a vessel to promote them as much as possible
0: because they're so fucking talented. In numerous ways, they are talented. Yes. Yes. We're going to get to dive into that. Yes, everyone, we know that we already talked about Crux, (laughs) but Sven and I talked about Crux. Right. And that was so last year. That was two years ago. It was two years ago. It was pre-Evil Jimmy. Yeah. We can't live with ourselves as a podcast knowing that, well, we already covered Crux and we covered it without our resident metalhead. That's not fair. <laughs> is pre-Evil, is that technically the pre-Evil episodes? <laughs> yes, it's EC. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Dad joke of the night. I'm just getting warmed up. Evil, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a couple of things. I also have a new microphone. You do do you have a handsome buttery soft microphone so we're all on the same page production wise the
0: entire team now has focus rights and sm7b's i think we're an official podcast i think we are we get like stickers and certificates and well we all the money that's the other thing is we are actually officially an llc now too Ooh! so give us a year or two you guys and who knows that something's the limit (laughs) evil what are you drinking tonight? oh i got a couple of things we, we need to get to the yeah. most important
1: part of i know here. a glass sort of a whiskey drinking glass with some
0: okay Did you say that you have a whiskey drink it's a whiskey drink do you also have a lager drink i don't have a lager drink do you have a what have a water drink i don't remember the rest of the song uh, it's a water about, drink i uh, get knocked down
1: yes that's kind of how i feel right now i'll let you talk so now. <laughs> i was going to you posted photos of my setup getting ready to make a drink And I was all set up to make a Scotch Lady. And then I went and opened my fridge and realized that some dumb idiot ate the rest of the eggs. His name is me. Yeah. Oops. So I had to mulligan and try something else. I used Scotch that I used to make Scotch Lady, which is used to be called Naked Grouse, made by the distillery that makes Famous Grouse and that whole fleet of different blended Scotches. Mm -hmm. is now
0: called Naked Malt. I think you're hiding... You had told me to try naked yeah. grouse. I, I did. I couldn't find it for like a yeah, whole year.
1: Because they don't make it anymore.
0: Yeah, I think you were hiding it oh, from Oh, they me. do.
1: They just call it something else. Yeah. Real sneaky. Uh, Scotch Lady. to take on a Pink Lady, which is a gin drink. The naked grouse, now naked malt, is superior it's a better scotch and i'm just drinking a glass of that it's really good nice I, I think that since i use this it's technically a different cocktail is it a naked lady exactly that's uh, what i was okay. thinking i like it i'm also drinking uh, a last word man
0: you are drinking a naked lady and a last word well i'm just drinking scotch in the last word i was gonna say good night evil <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> good see. night and good luck we
1: got these they're like really large coupes. i think they're wine glasses well most coops <laughs> I can mix a double last word and fit the whole thing Mm. in there with some room to spare. So
0: that's why why I am drinking that. Last words are strong. They're so good though. They are very good. I am on the road again. So far, recording episodes, the road is winning. I am in Asheville, North Carolina, which if you have not been to is an awesome, awesome city. I love it here. You know, it reminds me a little bit of a smaller Northwest, kind of like a bend or Mm, uh, lots of breweries. It's woodsy, but then it's got a nice cool little downtown with a ton of like Japanese sushi, ramen. Mm. It's hip, but not in an annoying way, in like a, oh, yummy food and beer way. You had a Paloma and some ramen earlier, yeah? Did not know how well those two would go together, but it was spicy beef ramen and a honey Paloma. Might have had two of them, and they were (laughs) very, very good the hotel when i checked in they had given me because of my super awesome marriott status they had left two beers in my uh fridge for me (laughs) so i didn't i didn't have to pick what i was gonna drink i didn't have to find drinks they were just here waiting for me which is really how it should be honestly so i like right now i am drinking a juicy haze ipa voodoo ranger Very nice. And then I have a Wicked Hazy... I think it's like a Sam Adams or something in the fridge. And that's what I'm drinking. I want to talk about this band. Yes. We'll take a break. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) We are back. This week, Evil and I gave each other two albums from a band we love and we're going to start it off here with phototroph by moontooth I guess. do they say the name of the album on the album do we know it's phototroph or is it phototroph i think it's phototroph but
1: I am not positive. I mean, there is a, it's the title tracks, the last song.
0: I don't think he says it. No, though. I don't think so either. I feel like Troph would have an E at the end. Phototroph. Yeah, would. I think it's Troph. Well, sorry, Moontooth. It's not our fault. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning of the album, you should have a phonetic sounding. <laughs> this album came out in May of 2022. It is Moontooth's third studio album, came out three years after the universally acclaimed Crux. Mm -hmm. Before we get any more into this, we got to guess each other's favorite song on the album. Ooh. So here's the thing. The thing about Moontooth, and we will talk a lot about this there are certain parts that are just flat out metal, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of the things that I know that Evil likes in songs. Even when they're not metal, they're doing some form of guitar-driven uplifting. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's really hard. I can't just say, oh, well, it's the
1: heavy song. And there is no just a heavy song because all of them have heavy parts in them. And then they'll- They fuck around so much throughout yes. their songs. It could be the slow- moody brooding song but then it'll have like some fucking blistering guitar solo at the end exactly they zig when you think they're gonna zag and good luck Uh, (laughs) good luck picking
0: so that's why okay i think that death wish blues would kind of be the obvious pick for evil Mm. but i went with nymphie ac okay it's complex it's not that obvious but i will say why i think it would have been that one when we talk about it Got it. What do you think my favorite song is on this?
1: So we did a quickfire of this last year Mm -hmm. i think your favorite song was alpha howl
0: my favorite song conduit
1: i don't remember for sure but i think it was i'm gonna stick with that choice just because i have
0: no fucking idea which one of these awesome songs would be your favorite (laughs) the way that i usually prepare for these episodes this is usually an exchange of albums the one that i'm given i try to figure out a thesis of the album or a thesis of the review, what I'm going to talk about and why. And then for the other album, the one that I give to you, I just go track by track and I make notes. Okay. That's usually how I do my thing. This time we kind of gave this to each other, so I kind of did a little bit of both on both albums. Sure. There's no good segue into the thesis for this album is we've talked a lot on the podcast about bands that are one of one. Yeah. And... (laughs) (laughs) that's so rare for a modern band, and they really are a one-of-one. 100%. I will give you first swing at why you think they are a one-of-one. Oh, man.
1: Um, Let's start with just Acumen. Every single Mm -hmm. one of them is a virtuoso at what they do, whether it's John's vocals, Nick on guitar, the, the rhythm section... I focus on guitar because that's what my interest is. But then when you stop and actually listen to what the rhythm section is doing, it's fucking mind boggling. They make it feel effortless. Yes. There is this weird creative thing that they have going on. I hear so many different bands and genres in their songs. Everything sounds familiar to me. Their musical DNA is thick and broad. They have pulled... That's what she said. I'm off my game. How did I not? (laughs) They're a modern, heavier rock metal band. So there are the obvious parallels. You hear a mastodon lick here and there. You hear it's down tuned. So you hear like stuff that you might compare them to like the gent bands. But then I hear like King's X in there. Yes. I hear fucking Vito Brata from White Lion in some of those guitar lines. I hear mm-hmm. I hear like Motown <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah. It's so all over the place.
0: So that's pretty much the three main first points that I was going to talk about. And you're absolutely right. I'll compare the first three songs of this album to prove that point. Song number one, I revere, which just completely <laughs> sets the tone. It mm-hmm. is such a Moon Tooth song. It's metal, but it isn't metal. It's major until well, it's minor it's, <laughs> <laughs> The lyrics are about perseverance But also unabashed Aggression through pain
1: mm-hmm. And then
0: you have Nick Lee <sighs> Who's not only in a single Guitar rock band Which is hard enough as it is right? But he makes it absolutely his own thing When a guitarist is doing so much Single note playing You expect there to be something else Going on in the band Like a, mm-hmm. a synth player Or a Wollstoneholm style bass mm-hmm to back you up or so many effects on your guitar that it boosts is something, but he doesn't do any of that. It makes me so interested in what their writing process is. I want to know what their writing process is so bad.
1: Absolutely. Nick has a YouTube channel and he has some videos up from forever ago. Some of the bands that they have covered over the years,
0: Mm -hmm. it's Zappa, Hendrix, I sent you guys a link. I was going through their stuff and they did a Fiona Apple cover. They did fast as you can on like an acoustic thing.
1: He has a video of just him, not the whole band, but just him doing a Meshuga cover on bass. (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. what? Who are these guys, man? I which, mean, which,
0: by the way, you go to Nick Lee's YouTube's videos and it's like 166 views. There should be 300,000 fucking views on this thing.
1: Have you seen Michael Palmasano's His YouTube channel is always for people who don't know. He's a guitar teacher, has a YouTube yeah. channel, and he he does reactions to live performances. It's it's almost exclusively live performances. And I watched him do a, a reaction video. He hadn't listened to him before, so he wasn't really prepared. And you could see it. He was like watching and he usually tries to like break down songs and play parts. And he's just like, I can't. There's, I can't do this. No, I'm just into this. (laughs) And he's an accomplished guitar player. Very. And there were points where he was like, I've never heard anyone like this before. That's not a common thing in the era of YouTube and the internet where everybody learns from watching other people. Everybody sounds like somebody else. Originality Mm -hmm. is so rare. Everything's been done. If you just think about like the process of learning an instrument, like I remember listening to Nuno Bettencourt from Extreme talk about how he did not want to put out an instructional video because he developed his own style by listening to records and trying to figure it out on his own. Like he's my originality came from figuring out how to do this and not having like you know video to see exactly where to put my fingers and stuff any music education that you want on tap on video at the push of a button from you know a fucking supercomputer in your back pocket yeah. one of the things that i see is there are extremely talented and accomplished musicians in like junior high Because they just have access to this training, but they all sound like somebody else.
0: Yeah, those people are on YouTube playing somebody else's riff, right? And maybe they're making that riff more complex. You see that a lot of the videos, but it's still you're exactly right. They're not
1: use the same gear. They have the exact same fingering. They can slow it down and see exact the element of like self discovery in music is kind of missing. Nobody
0: sounds like Nick Lee.
1: He figured something out on his own.
0: So yeah, you go from I revere into backburner. For those of you that haven't heard backburner, that's fifty swing for fuck's I, sake. That song is <laughs> if you set the song to different tones, different instrument, this could be like a fucking Barbershop song. This could yeah. be like the four tops could be singing this.
1: Yes. It's like a metal version of of something from the 50s. That is that spot. Yes. Yeah.
0: And then you go right into Deathwish Blues, which is like I even put here. You already said them. It's Mashuga, it's Gajira all over it. It's yep. those roots all over it. And Nick and John, too. John just keeps it consistently unique. And you can tell right away that John, the lead singer, has so much soul influence Mm -hmm. even the lyrics to that the she laid my heart down on the floor and now it won't sing no more like that's that's fucking Otis Redding dude that is right out of Otis Redding's songbook
1: and you know what you know what I've been listening to a lot of lately is late 60s early 70s soul and funk music a lot of Otis Redding a lot of like Bill Withers and James Brown of course you know Mm -hmm. getting back into this band it was perfect because it was familiar because I was listening to some of that stuff and And then just having the time with the album, like being able to listen to it over and over and over and really letting those songs kind of marinate in my brain. Listen to the songs out of order. When we study for episodes, I don't know about you, but I usually listen to the album in order because I have a limited amount of time. Put on shuffle,
0: mix it in with other stuff. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about too, is I think the key to when I think an album is really, really fucking good or just for my taste, it takes me a long time to warm up to it. it Uh it takes me a long time to figure it out you had mentioned it that we did this on a quick fire i knew when we did the quick fire i know i like this album i don't get it yet and this has been probably one of if not the most listened to vinyls Mm. after the finale of season two for me i've listened to this vinyl so many times specific songs take me a while to warm up to seven months later you're listening to an album that you've heard 70 times and all of a sudden this one song jumps out and you're like oh fuck yeah where was this song seven months ago when i started listening to this alpha howl in this album i'm still trying to figure out i'm still trying to wrap my head around what i think of it and what i don't think of it and to me that is a key that this is just a really really fucking good album
1: yeah That is an understatement.
0: I knew when
1: we had this on like a quick fire list where we're talking about nine other albums along with it, I knew that it deserved way more attention than what I was able to give to it back then, I just didn't have the time to. Yeah, it's like a roller coaster
0: of guitar riffs. One of my off-season things that I talked about, though, what are we listening to right now? Yeah, I had said in that that the beginning of I Revere, how it's got that beautiful major guitar yeah. with him singing really gently, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it kicks into that Nick Lee riff.
1: To man.
0: I crave that. Yes. Friday nights, I have to listen to the beginning of that song right now.
1: It is so in my wheelhouse. That song is so, it's flexing, but in a subtle way, like in a very musical way. It's in the context of the song. It's not like just flexing, just deflects. It actually, it adds to the song rather than takes away from it. Oh my God, it's so
0: good. Nick Lee Ugh. is the king of, there are guitarists out there that you know what they can do by hearing them play. Yeah. But they don't do it. It's the mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. Dave Grohl effect. It's the why do I want to do a drum fill here when I'm? Yeah, it's supposed to be about the song. Nick Lee is that type of guitarist. Yeah, yeah, I could absolutely shred through this for four minutes. What does that do for the song?
1: Here's the thing about him: there are guitar players who are known as like soloists, barrage of sixteenth notes at you, right? Mm-hmm. Arpeggios and sweep picking and all that stuff. Nick Lee can do all of that. Yes, he shreds. As a rhythm player. Yes. Which most guitar players can fucking not do at all. Because you have to be able to write. Exactly. His rhythm playing shreds. And that is
0: not normal. Their styles, the way that they vary. When a band can have a song like Oh My Isle and Conduit on the same fucking album and it works like it doesn't back to back like (laughs) it doesn't make any sense that
1: middle part of the album that was the sleeper for me i don't want to say i like glossed over them previously but more and more listens subsequent listens that center section kind of their more chorus driven stuff that hits real hard Mm -hmm. like Alpha alcohol and oh my isle and then conduit which almost it sounds like it could be off of fucking typhoons that sounds like a <laughs> like a royal blood song in some ways yeah With that's like when he does and, do and the real the low pitch shifting or doubled something up that he's got going on uh-huh. yeah. and on the vocals too like they take chances man they exper- they're mm-hmm. experimental they play different genres their songs are all incredibly yes. different from one another i they're pretty good they're they're okay they're okay
0: i don't have much else on this album All the other stuff I could say is basic, yeah, I know, stuff. Ray Marte and Nick and Vin Romanelli, they just blast Mm -hmm. through this entire thing. A sound like I said your favorite song I thought was Nymphie AC. That is just a fucking showing of Ray, the drummer, and Nick and Vin just shredding for fucking three and a half days.
1: When we did the quick fire, my favorite song in the quick fire was Carry Me Home. It's like the most Mm -hmm. 80s power metal sounding and it's so fucking catchy he's got this great catchy chorus and the guitar playing is kind of hair metal-y, sort of which nick lee he has another band he plays in riot five which is another metal band started in the 70s 70s. and then phototroph the the closing track the title track is also kind of i hear a lot of like king's x and living color late Mm, 80s early 90s
0: Oh, in Living Color is a good pull.
1: That song to me, I'm like, oh, this is Volbeat and Mastodon smushed together.
0: (laughs) My John Paul Jones award is going to fit in really well with what you just said. (laughs) I don't know if we want to talk about this more when we talk about Crux or we can talk about it now. But the only other thing that I wanted to talk about in this album is particularly in a third album, I feel like bands start to be talked about with a, a natural progression. Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's that these guys grew more into themselves or the content differed there's still the aggression there's still the pain but there's also you can tell that maybe one or two of them fell in love and (laughs) i don't know if john writes all the lyrics or not but you know there's a lot of stuff on here about the opposite sex and relationships and stuff like that and there just feels like a little bit more if crux is a darkness Mm. it feels like this is more of a the light side of i
1: i I agree and disagree this album is more it's more uplifting more triumphant and i'm not disagreeing with you i I think i'm disagreeing with the way i viewed crux going into this episode and revisiting this music i thought of crux as like a darker album it's not (laughs) it has dark moments that are memorable but there's like very uplifting triumphant stuff on crux as well I think maybe juxtaposed against this album, it contrasts a bit more, like the darkness contrasts a bit more. I
0: think maybe, and I'm just realizing this, I think there are two-ish or maybe even one song that is very, very aggressively dark on mm. Crux. That could be. It just makes me automatically yep. think of it as darker. That that makes sense. That's interesting. I mean, that's Phototroph, man. Oh, Jesus. I hope it's not Phototroph. I really hope it's not Phototroph. <laughs> Should we go to awards and categories? Yeah, why not? here we go david crosby met award for bad reviews uh okay hold on david crosby is no longer with us i mean we keep the award right yeah yeah for sure yeah yes Yes. it's on my fucking sweatshirt we have to keep the award comedically on this podcast (laughs) it has been a consistent joke that evil was not the biggest fan of david crosby because of something that he had said about eddie van halen after he passed away I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, not the passing of David Crosby, I mean, not even you will deny the talent that was in Crosby stills. Of course, stills. yeah, of course. I'll let you speak to that a little bit, and maybe just say a couple nice things so we can keep this award and not feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a very talented,
1: accomplished, and revered musician of his time, David Crosby. Can we all agree on that? Absolutely. We're all flawed humans. And he said some shit about Eddie Van Halen. I vowed to hold against him until the day he died. That is come and gone. There you go. And I'm going to keep holding it against him because it's fucking funny. There, Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's all fun. It David Crosby seems, at least at one point, to have been the type of person to have, if he had known that there was a music podcast that had the David Crosby Met Award, he would have thought that was fucking hilarious. I
1: think so. I think he would be a good sport about it. He and I, in a different life where he was still around, we probably would have had a drink and shared a whiskey. I don't know what he liked to do. I think he liked to give his semen to... (laughs) (laughs) That's not weird.
0: Um, That joke went terribly. (laughs) (laughs) Edit edit that out, David. Come to my window. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, not only could I not find a bad review of this album, I couldn't find a review that wasn't
1: glowing. Here's the thing about them is they are so under the radar that everyone who finds them... Is looking for them, but the people that find them are looking for this kind of music. Good point. Of course, everyone's gonna be gushing over what they do.
0: I think the worst rate I saw was like Pitchfork gave it like a 7.3 or something, but even the review was very positive. That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of though, is that yeah, I think it's not like it was Billboard Chart reviewed or anything like that. It was no. people that like this style of music. I guess we'll go to the DMX Award. This is the first time we've done an album exchange this year, so we will explain the awards. The DMX Award, what makes this band or project unique? We've really already talked about it. They are their own genre. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to the internet, they're J-pop. <laughs> what the fuck was that?
1: <laughs> that? I don't know. I don't know. That's insane. Um,
0: New award for this year. So we are going to add one award for somebody prominent to us that passed. Mm. DMX Award was added after season one when DMX passed. This year's the Mark Lanigan True Rockstar Award. What makes the creators of this album rock stars?
1: They give zero fucks and they will flex at what they do. In an era when everything is like quantized and snapped to a click track and two minutes, 30 seconds, these guys are like, fuck that. We're playing awesome music and we're just going to go wherever the song takes us. And oh, by the way, Nick Lee's going to fucking shred over the whole thing. And John's vocals, it's the same thing.
0: I will start with my easy answer for the Mark Lanigan award, which is they have songs called Alpha Howl and Rhythm and Roar and things like that. They are insane live. Yeah. Nick Lee gets on people's shoulders and plays and fucking old school rock like mm-hmm. that. But my real Mark Lanning and True Rock Star Award answer is this. I don't know very many guitar players that were in a fucking coma and two weeks later they were tabbing out their guitar right. getting ready to play again. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that yet. We talked in the finale a lot. About what happened with Nick. Yeah. That happened, what, like three months after this album came out? I don't want to say that. I, I think you think I might know. be pretty close. I mean, they were
1: either touring or gearing up to do a big tour leg.
0: They're already back on their Instagram and they're already playing together again. And I mean, it doesn't really get much more rock star than that.
1: It <laughs> has for sure.
0: Overrated, underrated, properly rated.
1: fucking rated.
0: They are so underrated. <laughs> These guys should be huge. Criminally underrated. These guys should be playing for stadiums at big rock festivals. There's the huge Saturday night group. These guys should be the huge like Friday night group.
1: Yeah. Here's the pro. Okay. I have a theory. Really adept clean singing, super heavy music. As it stands now, the people who would want to hear clean singing, the music is just fucking too much for them. It's too advanced for them. For like hardcore metal heads, they want harsh vocals. If these guys were a thing in like the late 90s, mm-hmm. they would be one of the biggest bands on the planet.
0: One of the things that hit me while I was studying for this, I think I was driving around or something. I remember thinking it, no lyrics were being sung. The music was on. And I remember thinking in my head, you know what should be happening right now is death metal scream. Yeah, it should be happening, happening right now. <laughs> but it's not, nope. it's John doing yep. his kind of soulish, it's- you're absolutely right. That's what makes it just not straight up metal. Influences and We've, I mean, we talked about a lot of them, gojira otis redding (laughs) you just said gojira comma otis Otis redding Redding. like it's a fucking (laughs) normal thing to say
1: (laughs) there's a riff oh god i should have wrote it down i can't even remember what song it's in but it took me forever to figure out who it made me think of it was god forbid Mm. and it was just one riff there's so much to do pull from. Late 80s, early 90s phase of music that I've talked about a lot of times where there's this group of bands that don't really, they're all N of Ones. There's like King's
0: X and there's like Faith No More and Yeah. These guys are right in there. Do you think that certain metalheads, people in the metal community, wouldn't like these guys because of how John sings?
1: Yes, I do think that. As with all things, there is so much balkanization of of musical genres, like compartmentalization. Like, I like this kind of music, and I don't Mm -hmm. listen to what blah, 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 whatever, because it's death to false metal, you know, that kind of bullshit. Yeah. I really think there's
0: a lot of that, but
1: fuck, that's why I feel like... These guys would have thrived in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And I also
0: think that there are balls there for John to be like, no, I'm not going to fucking scream. I'm going to sing. And there are balls for Nick and Ray to be like, okay, yeah, come sing. We don't (laughs) need a singer, a screamer. Yeah. This is an interesting question. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Evil is this Moontooth's best album. I do think it's their
1: best. I don't know if it's their best album by like a large margin, but I feel like everything gelled
0: for them. I don't know, man. I can't figure Mm. this one out as a whole. This album is better, but I think there are songs. There are songs on
1: Crux that are fucking monstrous. Yeah.
0: There's a guitar solo on Crux that I
1: think is one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. I. Hope we're thinking of the same one. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. The
0: John Paul Jones Award evil add, replace.
1: I don't want to add or replace anything to this band as they are. I want them to collaborate with some other bands. Ooh. I want to hear them disrupt other genres because
0: they're capable of doing I like that. It.
1: What if Moontooth and JID collaborated on something? How fucking I would
0: not mind that. How interesting would that be? I would not mind that at all. My John Paul Jones award, which you were speaking to on some specific songs more towards the end of this album that have this prime 80s rock feel. Mm. First mm-hmm. off, I wouldn't change I wouldn't replace or add anybody. But if I had to, I'm thinking maybe some Doctor Feelgood era Vince Neil. <laughs> There are parts on this album where I'm like, hell yeah, man. We could get some Motley Crue in here for sure.
1: Have you seen Vince Neil lately?
0: Well, I mean, I saw him 15 years ago, which was plenty bad then. So oh, I imagine boy. now.
1: Imagine like the 80s hair metal version of Gollum after this much time. that's he's Nobody
0: could have seen it coming. All those bad. 80s dudes aging really badly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Some clean living, those
0: boys. All right. A new award. This is the... No, dude, seriously, award. I like this award. If you have one song to show somebody that will get them into this album, evil, what is it?
1: It's the opening track. It's I Revere.
0: I said the same thing. I mean, that's the answer. It's the band in its entirety. Yeah, the John Popper Award for Best Hook. I'll give mine first. Very, very, very close one. Oh my aisle, repeat the rip from
1: the cut.
0: But the winner for this, to me, is the entire conduit chorus.
1: That's that's a good answer too. I have a tie. I haven't written in the opposite order of what I'm going to say them in.
0: Well, you can read one before the other still,
1: even if they're ordered differently. Okay, I'm going to. (laughs) God damn it! I'm going to start with the chorus of "Carry Me Home." That's really good. You You want to know? but the chorus for alpha howl grew on me that's the one that yeah. grew on me and i think as a hook it hits so fucking hard
0: have you did you watch the music video for alpha howl yes do you know what i love about that video what there are certain people and it always happens to musicians in their music videos that you can tell are extremely uncomfortable and don't know what to do when they're in a suit. <laughs> and this this video is very much that. None of these guys <laughs> have ever worn a suit or ever want to wear a suit. Oh, oh, my God.
1: They need to do a big festival tour with the Boston. Yeah, yeah.
0: The John Prine Best Lyric Award.
1: Okay. So mostly... This song was a little on the nose lyrically for me, but it's on the nose in a way that I absolutely love because I'm a, I'm a big, huge... That's what she said. Get yourself together here, evil. I love philosophy. One of my favorite philosophers is Plato, the title of the album, the title track. There's a lot of allegory of the cave going on in that song. Yeah. There is one line that I fucking love, and it's all ye who enter, abandon all woe. I just fucking love that line.
0: It's the opposite of the usual term, abandon all hope ye who enter here.
1: I know. They flipped it upside down. Turned the frown upside down.
0: Good job. There are two specific lines I love. The first one from I Revere, which is a child throwing sand at the unforgiving tide. Yeah, And then a line from Alpha Hal: I don't hate this place. I just hate that I'm here. Hmm. I don't want to keep using it, but I have to. The fucking chorus for Conduit. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. I am so fucking glad that that track is on this album. Oh, me too. Oh. Evil, what is the Eddie Van Halen Award?
1: I have an answer, but I have the real answer. Which one do you want first? The not real answer. The not real answer is Carry Me Home. Uh, okay it is triumphant it's great 80s inspired guitar it is got a great fucking hook it does i like triumphant guitar rock and that is the fucking pinnacle of triumphant guitar rock the real answer the whole
0: fucking album oh this is what i have written down Uh, the solo in photo trough is the right answer and if you say differently you're wrong (laughs)
1: そう <laughs> So I was hoping that that was what you were going to say. I'm okay being wrong because that that <laughs> dude that solo
0: is good. <laughs> the Surfer Rosa Award structure of the album, Moontooth is their own thing with the structure of an album. You kind of find mm-hmm. it in pockets. All of a sudden, you're super into tracks five, six, and seven.
1: I feel like the middle might be the strongest yeah. part of the album, but it doesn't have my favorite songs on, in it. Yeah, I mean, wh- I
0: don't know, man. <laughs> it's a well-structured album, I think, is what Evil is saying. Yeah. <laughs> it is so yes, now to is. the hardest question time of your life award evil what is the worst song on this album the worst song okay my least
1: favorite song there you go is grip the ridge that's but, exactly what i said but then if that solo kicks in at the end and it's just like jesus christ man fucking let me have one song not to like
0: and yep nope <laughs> okay three best songs on the album Very, very hard for me not to put I Revere or Photo on here. Yes, I agree. My top three, Carry Me Home. Number two, Oh My Isle. All around, it's just so well done. But my number one, which has been my, when I need my ass kicked. When I am on mile 12 of a run and I'm going uphill and I need something to say that i am an invincible human and i can do anything at any time and everybody else can go fuck themselves it's fucking conduit whoa conduit is one of the coolest fucking songs yes it is i've heard in a very long time i've got to read you all the chorus if you haven't heard this yet so you understand where i'm coming from i'm gonna earn my keep gonna take my place Ain't going to listen to a goddamn thing you say. I'm going to steal all the gold and piss on your (laughs) know-how. And if I said it once, said it a hundred times, they're going to scream my name till they fucking die. I'm going to steal all the gold and piss on your know-how. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Evil, what are your three favorite songs on Phototroph?
1: We had very similar dilemmas with this. Because I think I, Revere, is an amazing opener. And Phototroph is an amazing album closer and title track. Yep. You could ask me this question any day of the week and I might give a completely different top three, but I'm going to go number three, Alpha Hell. Okay. Number two, Carry Me Home. Okay. I love the chorus. It's, it's great, cheesy guitar playing, tongue in cheek a little bit. It's fucking triumphant. It's awesome. But the song that grew on me the most, and that's why I'm going to put it at number one is because it grew on me the most of the whole album. Is Oh My Isle. The weird dragged timing of Rip From the Current, it pulled me in. That's the one song that I'll find bouncing around
0: in my head, mm-hmm. like randomly. The guitar in Oh My Isle reminds me a lot of Gojira. I think you're a mm. Gojira fan. Yeah, a little bit, just a to touch.
1: Hey uh it he plays a guitar from a French guitar company there you it's go. science it's kismet evil who won the album
0: uh nick lee and the band coming together and gelling that's i just said the entire band i know it's a cop out yeah. but it just se- it sounds like they really enjoyed making yeah, this it sounds like the, it. It sounds like they're super proud it's something that they you can just tell that they're proud of it it's great they nailed it yeah. and i think they know it going with that time to rate the album in true dl fashion it's not a perfect 10 for me. There are just a few spots. It's damn near close. And I gave it 9 out of 10 lily pads. I had to look up what Nymphie AC is. Don't make me look up words, Moontooth. Maybe that's why you didn't get a 10 out of 10. Evil, rate the album.
1: I like this album more than I did it last year. Awesome. I'm just going to say that. And coming into this, I was a huge fan of Crux. I st- I am still a very huge fan of Crux. But fuck did this album grow on me. And it was already one of my top five albums of last year. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 Allegories of the Cave. Wow. I fucking love this band. I love this album. I feel like we need to be champions for these guys and get them out there. They deserve so much more. Fandom, credit, adulation, dollars thrown at them to do more of what they're doing as our artists and musicians because they are an N equals one.
0: Yes. Evil with his maybe fourth 10 out of 10? Maybe. Ever on the show? Mesmerized dirt, gorillas, and this. For those of you that don't know, DL now has a 10 out of 10 wall. I get to add this one. I get to add one. This goes up there.
1: This. Fucking definitely move up there.
0: We are done with Phototroph. And tins. And tins. <laughs> oh, another dad joke for evil. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> back our second album is from the same band oh can you believe it it is 2019's crux crux
1: Released in on March 19th of 2019 on the label Modern Static. Uh, genres listed are metal, rock, Japanese rock, and J-pop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, we talked about this up front. This was an album. Like, I'm always on the lookout for... Awesome, new, innovative rock, heavy metal, especially stuff that's got really fucking cool guitar. There's a song on this album that lassoed me and pulled me in like few others ever have before. And I shared it with you before the podcast was even a thing. Tell me about your first listen to this if you can remember it.
0: I do remember it. I remember you sending me one of the random things that we do when we find something cool, kind of a, what the fuck? (laughs) And I don't want to spoil anything. Plus, I don't remember. I know it was one of two songs that you sent me, but I don't remember which one it was. Mm. It's the same things we've been talking about. I just remember thinking, I have never heard anything like this. Yeah. It wasn't a slow burn, but it was one of those bands that there were three songs that I kept listening to and it took me a little while to get into the whole album. But once I did, I was fucking, I was so sold. We're talking
1: about crux. This is their second full length album. They released an EP
0: before you go there. We got to guess each other's favorite song. Oh, okay. Look, I think that this is too easy. So I'm just going to say, fuck it. I was about to go out on a limb. I didn't want to go heaviest again. Mm -hmm. And there is a song on here that there's something about it, that it's the lyrical content. It's the way that it's written. It's the flow through the whole thing with the drums and the guitar, which is motionless in the sky. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to go. No, I'm just kidding. Your your favorite song. (laughs) I'm going to say. Do you like my. "Mm." Exactly. I'm going to say your favorite song is Thumb Spike. Ooh, that, so i just dude, have that to song is so heavy. i just heavy. have to do it it's
1: so heavy jesus christ that's really good actually for you it's difficult because i don't how do you judge this band like yeah. very literally how do you <laughs> judge this band yeah. i don't know i know how i do you could go with trust which is fucking mind-boggling another it's another okay. intro that is just like raises the hair on it could be omega days it could be rhythm and roar yeah I,
0: it definitely could be any of
1: those i'm gonna say rhythm and roar just because i'm looking at it and it's right in the middle of the album
0: it's like this is like a dart throw really you just named four songs on the album <laughs> yeah and i have a top four and those are my top four so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we'll see how right you are <laughs> oh man all right. And well. I think you're right. This album isn't as dark as I had put in my head, but I think the reason that it's in my head as that is because the very first song, Trust, yeah. about as dark and heavy as this band will ever get, it seems. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, yes,
0: but also no. <laughs> I mean, pieces of it are no. Dude, if you saw the ghosts I see when I sleep, you'd leave too. You'd claw your way out. You'd grow fangs. You'd bite. You'd rip. You'd tear your way gone. Like, that's fucking... <sighs> And that's not even counting what the fucking drums and guitar and bass are doing. Well, during, that's like, true. That's a good point.
1: This also illustrates how much I don't pay attention to lyrics oh. <laughs> uh, versus the actual music, because there is something that happens in this song I, that is fucking special and changes the context of
0: the entire song. So I don't, I don't want to... We'll save that for now. That's actually... If I were to be able to talk to this band. But one of the questions I'd be most interested in is where the fuck did Dude. some of the breakdowns that they come up with come from?
1: This is their second full-length album. Their previous LP was Chroma Paragon, and before that they released an EP. There was a I think a fairly significant progression from Chroma Paragon to Crux. And then mm-hmm. the progression from Crux to Phototroph was the one that where they everything kind of congealed. Yeah. God, there is some brilliant stuff on here, man. There is some absolute brilliance
0: on here and some surprises. Very true. One thing that I purposely didn't touch on in the last episode because I wanted to concentrate much more on it now. For those of you that know Moontooth, but you haven't looked at the liner notes, you haven't looked at the production notes, you haven't looked at the engineering. It's all fucking Ray Marte. Their drummer. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, they're drummer. Produces and engineers all of it. Even just, okay. I want people that have never been a part of a recording session or or recorded an album or or seen how it's done, whatever you want to say. I want you to understand how hard it is to engineer drums. That's not even touching engineering your own drums. Yeah. There's already something to be said for trying to produce yourself there's this weird fucking thing in your brain that is always just going to think that it's wrong and you're going to overcorrect until it sounds like shit. One of the reasons why these albums are so good and Moontooth has so much to thank fucking Ray Marte, these albums sound so unbelievably good and put in the wrong hands of, of a band like this that isn't big oh, yet, yes. that is kind of you know half indie, like they've had labels, but I don't know how much money they were given to record albums. The fact that their drummer did it all and it sounds this good is—that's right. It's kind of fucking unheard of. I mean, just the art
1: of miking a drum kit. Yeah, is yeah. I mean, fuck, man. That's a dark art. You. <laughs> This entire band is super talented in a broad yeah. sense. Production as a skill set, that's an entire like career path. And the guy's a fucking phenomenal drummer on top of it. And they're so under the radar that it is
0: criminal. They have a great, very, very devoted following. I do believe that this band will get theirs and yeah. uh, yes. their shows do incredible they should be way bigger. Yeah, yeah, One of the things that I think set this band apart and that makes you realize that they're so different is especially when you're first discovering them is you turn on an album like this and you hear specific songs and you're like, oh, yeah, these guys fucking are amazing. But then you also have songs on here like Motionless in the Sky and Crux and Through Ash and Raise a Light, which Raise a Light was one of the first signs. That's the last song on this album. And once again that is about as fucking doo-wop swing as you can be <laughs> while still be having like a distorted guitar. These guys are doing just something different. There have been
1: other bands that we gush about. We gush about Gojira. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about Royal Blood. Yep. On Typhoons, we, there's a song that you really dug that's a fucking doo-wop song. Yes. We all have our, our favorites. You know, I'm guilty as charged like my absolute favorite bands released a track recently and it's it's so in the pocket that i know it's it's, (laughs) it it is its own thing man but these guys are doing stuff that it's just musically savvy yeah you can tell that they are they're not just musicians they're like music fans yes yes
0: and that is crux is fucking light reverb. Very, very clean arpeggio with John coming in singing, dare I name electric blue in this <laughs> in this kind of swoon. These guys are labeled as being progressive, which I think is Prog true rock.
1: in some sense. Prog rock in some sense. But is it progressive or are they just fucking smart musicians?
0: Yeah. I think people automatically when they hear something that is metal but different. Yeah. They automatically want to label it Prague. Yeah, I don't know how much Prague this is, nah, honestly. I feel like uh, I their first album, have you listened to their first album? Chroma Paragon? Yeah. That's that's prog. That's
1: Prague. They're I've, they're like yeah. reaching out. They're trying to find stuff. Yes. Yeah. There is some of that going on here and there's definitely some of that going on at Phototrop, but they're also reaching backwards as well, which I think yeah. is in some ways smarter and more difficult to do and pull off absolutely that's the thing is they're doing some stuff that's so interesting that people can't categorize them
0: they really are yeah and there are songs on this that just plain rock like omega days and musketeers and Mm -hmm. thumb spike and then there are songs that you hear and you're like oh that's just one of the best rock songs you're ever going to hear rhythm and roar and trust and odd all angles like mm-hmm. what is it called their acoustic sessions violent grief something. yeah uh, yeah yeah you turn me on to that and i
1: i listen to that it's, it's ridiculous for
0: nick lee to be able to play the things that he plays on odd all angles and trust on acoustic uh, that's fucking <laughs> sick yes he has he has no, no business doing that he
1: i have a number of guitar heroes he is my most current guitar hero. Like, I, 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 he is, it's unique. It is its own thing and interesting. And it's not just like wheedly, wheedly, no, like no, 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 no. Yeah. No, it's fucking interesting. But can we talk about the elephant in the room? <laughs> the whole reason that we talk about this band. Can we talk about it? Please, please, can we? Let's talk about yeah. trust. Let's talk about it forever ago pre <laughs> uh before the podcast was even a thing, I found this band. The first track I found was Trust. Yeah. It was blowing me away. I was like, this is some really fucking cool, heavy music, some cool guitar stuff. The solo starts. Oh, kind of slows down. The solo begins and it's doing its thing. And then there's this Yeap. break in the solo and he like bends this chord up and there's like some fucking drum and bass. And then it just turns into a goddamn funhouse. It's It's like this funky jazz. Uh, it was like record scratch, like, and, and everything stopped. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this band is something different.
0: Yeah. It is the epitome of what makes Moontooth Moontooth is suddenly there's this yes. breakdown. He's doing these jazz chords while you can lightly hear John's harmonizing ooh in the background. Like this song, Trust, listen to the beginning of it. I'll just play it right now. And now I will play what's going on in the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, that's the same fucking song. Like, Ray Marte is doing the crazy Dude, ride I, snare yep, hits. I know
1: exactly what you mean.
0: Motherfucker, man.
1: Honestly, the thing that caught me like that previously. Was ten years before this. It was an album called "Existence Is Futile" by Revocation. It was Dave Davidson <laughs> solo and playing on "Dismantle the Dictator." Was the thing that happened before this. Ten years before this. That yeah. is the level that that Nick Lee is at.
0: We aren't going to spend as much time on this album because honestly, right? We said it all, all the same stuff all. that we talked about with Phototroph. It applies to this. My big takeaway for this album is I think Phototroph is probably a better album. Yep. But there are songs on this. I think there are a couple songs on this that are a couple of the best rock songs I've ever heard. I don't
1: disagree with you.
0: And with that, we will go to the David Crosby (laughs) Meh Award for Bad Reviews. Cheers to David Crosby. Cheers, Dave. You had your differences. Mr. Crosby. Love everyone, right? He could write a song. Mr. Crosby could. Same thing with this one. I could not find anything even close to negative about this album. (sighs) Everything I found was extremely positive. Same thing for me for the DMX award. How could you? It's like, yeah, and same thing with the Mark Lanigan Rockstar yep. Award. This is the same band, which that's a little different. We don't usually do the same band sure, for both yeah, albums. Yeah, just, we fully
1: recognize how much we're cheating on this episode.
0: Give us a yep. break. And we're going to cheat on the next one, too, because, yes, they are still incredibly underrated. Yes. They remain underrated. More people need to listen to this album. Go buy Man, the vinyl is beautiful. They they have a splatter vinyl that you can go buy. Go buy You can get them on Bandcamp. They have the website on their new label. What What is it? Pure Noise. Yes. Pure Noise Records. You can get Phototroph. You can get Crux. And you can get the Violent Grief acoustic sessions on vinyl. Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh
1: um, I yeah. I checked that yeah. out.
0: Okay, now here's where there might be some differences. Influences and influences for me, <sighs> I did hear a lot more of the 90s Mm tool-ish sort of stuff. Yeah. I heard less of the Mastodon-ish stuff and more of the tool-ish stuff on this one, I would
1: say. Like I said, I hear King's X in their music. I hear Incubus in their music. I hear a spread of different stuff in what they do. Incubus is a good one. You pulled out some references on Crux and stuff that I maybe missed. They were still kind of coming together for me on this album. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. True artists, which is what these guys are. They're trying to carve out something that's their own Mm -hmm. and they have to kind of reach out forward and try new things that maybe don't work all the time versus bands who just start out by pulling from old influences and then they're just rehashing old shit.
0: I also think there's a lot to be said with the fact that there is a huge difference between a band that's been playing together or trying to start for five or six years Mm -hmm. and then suddenly Crux comes out and they toured a ton for it they played all the time together and then yep. all of a sudden it's three years later by that time you basically know each other and your style and who you are by yep. like the back of your hand and then you come yes. out with photo trough.
1: you have to like reach forward to find yourself
0: yeah never mind the bullocks award we already pretty much talked about this i think i'm still kind of i'm still more in the i don't know camp
1: i don't think this is their best i don't think it they they did not congeal as much on this album as they did as phototroph fine fine <laughs> yeah. uh, that's my that's how I see it anyway I think phototroph is is superior for sure
0: John Paul Jones award so once again I wouldn't do anything but there are a couple songs I just want to see what it sound like might ruin it might not I don't know but there are songs like crux or motionless in the sky sometimes when you have songs like that where you have the more acoustic I don't know if he's playing a 12 mm-hmm. string or not or you have like the light really really clean guitar. I kind of want to hear like an Eastern European metal when it gets softer. They'll throw like a mm-hmm. Bella Leica or like tambura like, guitar. something. like an Men- like Eastern. Yeah. Guitar. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Like, like kind of wa- different scale kind of. Yeah.
0: Something like that might be kind of cool in one of those. That's really just me not taking the easy way out and saying I wouldn't change anything.
1: I thought you were going to say Nicki Minaj, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. What
1: do you do you have a jump (laughs) at this point in their career? They would have benefited by collaborating with someone who would have made them stretch their chops, not their chops, stretch their um,
0: imagination, not not
1: even (laughs) their imagination. Their identity. We were talking about identity. Stretch their identity a little bit. Someone who did challenge them to kind of reach their I'm, potential.
0: I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I don't know what that would be. I don't know if it's like. King, Wizard, Gizzard, and the Lizard Fizzard. That might be good. <laughs> They're on the same label as Less Than Jake. They can steal Less Than Jake's brass. And there it is. Use That's that. what I'm th- I,
1: yeah, they, they need like brass. But I, I would want go. them to play with like jazz musicians like someone who would really stretch that.
0: Oh, okay. That's what I'm getting at. Like a Miles Davis session. Fucking exactly. At this point <laughs> in their career. That's I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> um the no, dude seriously award i mean there are a couple but trust trust is is the right answer right
1: answer for their entire catalog
0: the john popper award what is the best hook on this album evil musketeers the the chorus for musketeers a hundred percent not today motherfucker we got your number yeah yeah yes mine i have two um omega date the behold your true king know us by our scars that hi hat yeah like, yeah it's a really good answer the fucking chorus to odd all, all angles yeah <laughs> that's crazy who does that the john prime best lyric award evil i'm going
1: back to awe at all angles and it's the opening verse mm-hmm. i am not adornments joined on new walls i am torn muscle i am budding bruise the good pain while the deeper hurt Are these truths? I am not a bridge. No, I am not two ends. No two ends that meet to make one.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So good. I have a few. I have the start of Rhythm and Roar when he comes in with, give me that torch. I'm going to burn this fucker down. I have that one right here. And then uh, know us by our scars, know us by the false gods, but... All of trust to me, particularly. So there's a part, and I I really wish I knew what he was saying here. When I first heard this, I remember wondering if he was military, because there's one specific line where he says, heard the call, gave it all. Now you're telling me I got to wait here. Mm -hmm. That whole fucking song, man, that whole song. There's nothing left of me here. Let me go. Intense pain. Is what that is. Uh um,
1: so I had a, a number two lyric on deck and you're reminding me of it. And it's in through the ash. I've always wanted that warmth, but if that's the cost, love, forgive me for saying this, but I'll pay it. Please don't ask me to because I will.
0: Yeah. He's got great lyrics, man. Yeah. Great lyrics. Leads us to Eddie, Van, Halen Award. The guitar solo and motionless in the sky is amazing. Yeah. The breakdown in trust. Is amazing. The guitar solo in Thumbspike. Thumbspike. Yep. For me, this is going to be insane because I'm wondering if we have two different solos on this album that we think are like one of the best solos of the last decade. Ooh. The guitar solo in odd at All Angles is one of the best guitar solos I've heard in, yeah, seriously, probably like 10, 15 years. He's not overbearing, he does a little bit of finger tapping. Starts it off with a little bit of bending. It is notes that your ears are not expecting to hear. Dude, you, uh,
1: that sentence, it's notes that you're not expecting to hear. Yeah. Yes. But it still makes sense. Absolutely. That's mine. What's yours? It's the solo of trust. Yeah. And it's the same, a lot of the same things.
0: I think I just never even considered that a solo.
1: Oh, dude. Watch <laughs> him play that shit. It's like fucking watching Barry Sanders like break tackles, turn all the way around and run across that's, the field sideways.
0: That's such a good cop. <laughs> Surfer Rosa words the same on this one, right?
1: The albums flow differently.
0: I tell you what, they sure do know how to start and end albums. That's for sure. Fuck.
1: That's for goddamn sure. It's not heavy one way or the other. It's not top heavy. It's not yeah. second half heavy so okay
0: time your life award (sighs) i will go first on the hardest question to answer i surprised myself on this i didn't think that i was gonna do one that was as high up and like you said it's my least favorite i don't even it's not like i don't like this song but through ash is my least favorite song on this album i think it's maybe the only time on the album where the climax and what they're going for it just doesn't hit me the way that i think that they were trying to what about you there's no one song that i feel
1: i can give this award to there are pieces of songs Mm -hmm. there's a a good chunk of motionless in the sky it doesn't hit for me and then something comes in like a solo or something like yeah that came out of nowhere And that's why this album is a bit more uneven for me than phototroph Bits and pieces that I think are the time of your life award for me.
0: Now to the favorite question of ours. Three best songs on the album, Evil.
1: This was easier for me.
0: Number two and number one
1: for me were easy. Number three was harder. I'm today going to go with awe at all angles at number three. It easily could have been Rhythm and Roar. It easily could have been Omega Days, Uh, but it's, it's going to be my number three. Okay. Number two is Trust. Okay. Yeah. What the what? But there is a song that grew on me, and it is currently my favorite Moontooth song. It's Musketeers. Oh, fucking shit. If I had to pick a Moontooth song to listen to right now, it would be Musketeers. It came out of listening to this album and Phototroph just casually. You know, there's always those songs that kind of burrow their way into your being.
0: You're showing your leftist side. That's the song <laughs> where he says that he, you're never going to fall in line with the great white man. <laughs> That's Wow. I did not see that coming.
1: Yeah, I knew. I knew that. Was you named
0: happen. four songs that could be my favorite. All four of them are my list. My number four is Omega Days. My number three is Rhythm and Roar. So that leaves the very obvious top two for me. Number two being, I really do think that my favorite Moontooth song is one of the best songs that I've heard in like the 2000s. It's a fucking perfect song. Uh, so my number two is Trust and my number one is Aw at All Angles. Wow. Everything about that song to me is perfect. And now we're to who won the album, Evil?
1: Uh, We won this
0: album. We did win this album. The podcast
1: won this album. We did win this album.
0: (laughs) That's very true. We've gushed and gushed and gushed and gushed and gushed about John and Nick We didn't talk about much about Vin, but hey, Vin, expect it. You're a bass player. Know your role.
1: (laughs) Expect it.
0: He's a beast, man. He is a beast. But you know, watch them live and watch him. He totally is. But that's part of being a bass player. You gotta be okay with nobody talking about you. You are the offensive lineman (laughs) of music. If if
1: Barry Sanders didn't have an offensive line, exactly right
0: exactly but we gushed and gushed about mostly about john and nick but to me ray Marte. oh yeah yeah not only is he a phenomenal incredible drummer that just kills Mm -hmm. it on this album but he fucking Mm -hmm. produces he engineers he helped found this band ray Marte's the shit which leaves us with rating this album i can't tell which one i like more but i do know they're the same ranking This gets 9 out of 10 Nick Lee riffs. What's your ranking of this album?
1: This album gets 8.75 Omega days. Okay. (laughs) It's uneven. Uneven within songs. Let me talk about Thumb Spike a little bit. That song's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. The pieces are awesome. There is not a bad piece of that song. It's just the pieces don't go together in that song.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That's Moontooth, ladies and gentlemen. That's, That's Crux. That's Phototroph. We talked about both albums. We gushed, we gussied, we love, we're into it. Everybody stay with us. Join us next week. I'm going to tell you a little something here. Okay. I, I have chills. I... This current episode has been titled in my notes, The Warm Up. Evil. Why is this titled The Warm Up? Here's the disclaimer.
1: I feel like we would have gushed as much or more as we are doing right now. Absolutely. Regardless of what I'm about to say. When we went to, we we went to Idaho from Idaho. I'm not in Idaho, you bastard. Hills, let's just say. We went into (laughs) the snowy hills of Idaho to record the last few sessions of last season. DL told us (laughs) some things. One of the things he revealed was that the guitar player from Moontooth the man we've been gushing over, Mr. Nick Lee, is going to grace us with his presence. Mm-hmm. I like about fell over <laughs> because the dude is one of my favorite guitar players ever. Yeah, he's going to be on next week and we're going to have a chat about all
0: this fucking awesome music that he wrote. There is so much to ask him about. So There's so much. much to talk to him about. Evil said it best when I told him who we were going to interview this year. First off, I mean it. I'm not just. This isn't because he's coming on the show next week. Nick Lee is my current favorite guitarist. Not. Yeah. I was saying that before I knew that he was coming on. But if there was one guitarist that I would have so many fucking questions for right now on this earth, yes, it's Nick Lee. Yes. Nick fucking Lee, everybody. Holy shit. Good night and good <laughs> luck. <laughs> <laughs>